1: Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
2: I want to so thank you guys for making Locked On Wizards your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get podcasts. And today we have a special guest, Josh Robbins from the Athletic. But before we do get started, this episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. They have you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. So today we have Josh Robbins from the Athletic. How are you feeling today?
0: I feel I feel good. I feel good. We'll see how <laughs> I talk. We'll see how I speak.
2: Right. And
0: you and your audience will judge then but so far so good
2: You're right so how did you how did you feel about the wizards um lottery odds were you disappointed in them or did you did you ever get your hopes up in them getting the top four pick did you have a rabbit's foot or any any good luck charm with
0: you oh well you know i don't look at the team quite like that i uh, mm-hmm. I, I try to i bring an objective lens to things So, But I will say I've covered many, many lotteries in the past. Uh, I would say I've attended maybe, what, seven over the last 10 years? That's a rough guess. And I can tell you, even to someone who's as objective as I am, uh, the atmosphere in the room where the results are announced, it compares to the atmosphere at a Super Bowl. It really does. It compares to the atmosphere at a Game 7 of a playoff. So uh, I expected them to finish 10th only because that's where their odds were 66%, I think, if I remember correctly. Uh, all of that said, I'm sure that team officials were disappointed. They knew what the, the odds were heading in, but you, know, you, you have, to, yes, of course they wanted more. They wanted to jump into that top four. They knew it was unlikely, but there, no matter what they say, there's some disappointment
2: right most certainly um so you wrote an article about the wizards creating their own luck um and you got people who are listening you can go to the athletic and check it out but i just wanted to get like a quick um rundown on what you meant by the wizards creating their own luck uh for the uh season upcoming
0: well you know some teams uh, they luck into their dynasties right some teams luck into their dynasties or to their success. I think that's probably a better way to, to phrase it. The Cleveland Cavaliers in the first go around for LeBron James, they had the number one pick. The New York Knicks got the number one pick when Patrick Ewing was the unquestioned great prospect. That's not the case in the, for these Washington Wizards. It just isn't. They're 10th in, the dra- 10th in the draft in a year where, by the way, there isn't a, a surefire Superstar. So they're going to have to hit on that 10th pick. They're going to have to value someone correctly whom nine other teams undervalued, Uh, or they're going to have to make a trade. Uh, They're going to have to do or they're going to have to internally develop most likely a combination of all three things. So uh, as many of the commenters on my article noted, you know, that's what the better teams do. Year in and year out. No team is perfect with all of its draft picks, but the better teams hit more than they miss. The Miami Heat, they're a a Southeast division rival of the Wizards, of course. They hit on Bam Adebayo. They hit on Tyler Hero. They've created their own luck in that sense. They've created their own luck in such a way that they could afford to bring aboard Jimmy Butler, who was an established star, arguably a superstar when they brought him aboard. They've developed guys whom the whole rest of the league did not value. Duncan Robinson, Gabe Vincent. I mean, who are these guys? Um, you know, uh, three years right. ago, we would have said, who, who the heck is Duncan Robinson? Well, the Miami Heat put them into roles, and they excel in their roles. So Wizards didn't get that top first, that number one pick, or the second or third they're going to have to do it a different way. And that's what I mean by creating their own luck.
2: Right. Yeah. I mean, Max Struce, um, Gabe Vincent, Omar, you're at, servants, you're at seven from Georgetown. Yeah. The Heat, they have so many undrafted and second round picks that come in and produce. And yeah, the Wizards, they have not been able to do that. And, and if it was easy, everybody would do that. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely see where you're saying they have to force some type of luck with either trading the pick or just hitting on that 10th pick. Um, now, Tommy Shepard in his presser the other day, he said there's 15 players that he does like um, at pick 10. Um, who are some names that you could see fit with the Washington Wizards at pick 10? And have you heard that the Wizards front office has any interest, like they like any player other than any other, or, or do they have any combine workouts coming up with certain players?
0: Well, they won't start their workouts until roughly June 1st. Anyone who says that the Wizards have made up their mind or it's irrelevant now it's it's ludicrous to even suggest certainly the wizards front office has studied the people in the draft not just in college or in a few cases the g league or overseas that's all true and they have their opinions uh, no doubt about it but while the wizards might have a big board right now uh, there's so much that could change between now and, and draft day these teams Wizards included, don't have any of the players' medicals. And we never talk about this because no one outside of these teams, and sometimes the teams themselves, don't receive the medicals. Um, But that's one of the most important factors in any draft. Uh, They have not, for the most part, and it's it's getting underway this week in the combine, the Wizards have not sat down with underclassmen who are in the draft yet for interviews. They haven't worked them out. Now the workouts are probably the least important part of the whole chemistry, the whole amalgam of however they make their picks. But are there players who I could, you also asked me, at mm-hmm. are there players I could see them drafting? Yeah, a bunch. And right now I'd be less concerned about positional fit than ceiling upside and the ability to, to develop that upside. So there's so many names that have been um, that have been mentioned. Uh, it's, not, it's not that complicated right now. We could, uh, Benedict Matherin, I don't think he'll be available at 10th, but if he is, that's someone whom the Wizards should consider. Ty Ty Washington Jr., the team needs a point guard. I think the Wizards will be overdrafting him at 10 if they pick him there, but could he be in the mix? Yes. Uh, Dyson Daniel, he's been mentioned. Uh, a solid, solid perimeter defender, an intriguing prospect. I've I, I rambled on and on, and I'm sorry for that. but No, it's fine. It's, it's, right it's, it's, it's even fine. more of a crapshoot right now than it will be on draft day in late June. I, I mean, I wish I knew who they, they <laughs> were going in on, but right now, right. It, it's true. To, it's accurate to say they haven't zeroed in on anybody mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, it's still very early in the process.
0: Yeah, sorry. To
2: interrupt. Yeah. Oh no, yeah, it's still very early in the process. Um, you know, June twenty third is draft night, so we still have more than a month away. You know, combine is has started. There's workouts to go, different individual meetings to go. So we do have a little bit of time here. Um, it, it will go by quickly. They do have a little bit of time. I do want to get to um, your mock draft that you did put in, in an article. Uh, I want to say it was on Saturday or a couple of days ago. Um, before we do get to that, this episode, we have a quick word from Bilt Bar. This episode is brought to you by Bilt Bar. Um, the other day I tried the uh, birthday puffs. I got them in the mail. They taste really, really good. I usually put them in the refrigerator and they give them a little zing. They are super, super healthy. They taste just like a candy bar, but they're healthy. Only 140 calories, 17 grams of protein, and only 7 grams of sugar. Also, the, you can try the brownie beta puffs. batter puffs. They're the perfect pick-me-up for any day. All built Puffs are covered in 100% real chocolate. That means with built Bar, you can eat healthy and actually enjoy doing it. And they are made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. The Brownie Batter Puffs will have you completely forgetting that you are eating a protein bar. No need to pinch yourself. This is real life. Go to build.com to get Brownie Batter Puffs now. Go to build.com, use promo code LOCK15, and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15. I want to thank you guys for making Locked On Wizards your first listen every day. Make sure to go check out Locked On NBA Big Board with host Rafael Barlow from NBA Draft Junkies and author of the NBA Big Board Newsletter is joined by Richard Stamen, Sam Ferris, and Lee Thulin giving fans an in-depth look into the NBA Draft, mock draft player rankings, and of course, Big Boards. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts.
1: The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
2: All right, so um, you talked about fit and just drafting You know the best player available. Um, your mock draft had uh, Jeremy Sohan at pick ten, and you know it, it is somewhat of a crapshoot at pick ten. Um, there's so many ways you could go with it. Um, I just want to, you know, a lot of Wizards fans they weren't happy with the pick. You know, you see the Wizards have drafted a lot of forwards: Denny, Troy Brown Jr., Rui Hachimura, Corey Kispert. Um, how do you, how would you think his fit would come in? A guy that struggle from the 3 um, he shot 29% from the 3 and 58% from the free throw line. Uh, why do you think some fans had uh pushed back with that with that mock draft pick?
0: Well no no one at number 10 is going to be perfect. Right. Uh, so but the, the fans they're not wrong, the fans are not wrong. The Wizards have a, as you know it, they've got lots of fours, a lots of three slash fours and so on would be in that mix. And if they're going to draft Sohan, they could and should clear the way to have him earn a spot in terms of the rotation. There's no question about it that it's in terms of positional fit with the people, the Wizards already have is less than ideal. No question. And the shooting problem issue, it's a problem. (laughs) 100%. But again, this is the, this is the problem of getting the 10th pick in a draft, in an NBA draft that I, I probably isn't that deep. Um, there's not gonna be a perfect player there. For example, if they were to talk about AJ Griffin, a guy who can score, I mean, he can really score. He can probably create a shot. Well, the, the book on him is that he doesn't defend at all. So my point is, is that there's not going to be a player whom we all, Considered perfect uh, on paper at number ten, Johnny Davis. I think he's an intriguing, solid prospect. Uh, solid in the way that Rui was solid coming out of college. Solid in the way Kispert was uh, coming out of uh, Gonzaga too. But he has limits on him. This is the 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 problem of being somewhere in the middle. Right and this is where the wizards are and it's it's not an easy place to be it's not an easy place
2: to be right um yeah i was listening to the live room yesterday that you did on the athletic and you said you know you don't want to throw the the wet blanket on wizards fans um or be the bearer of, of bad news um how would you evaluate tommy shepard's um gm tenure so far and the way he's drafted you know drafting denny obviously you said that they Possibly, you know, should have or could have went with um, Tyrese Halliburton. Or you look in the second round, he took Isaiah Todd. And, you know, Herbert Jones was there who's playing really well with the Pelicans. You, and you can always look in hindsight and say that they should have made this pick or this pick. Um, but how do you – do you feel like the Wizards have an identity at all? You, you see the heat, like you mentioned uh, before, and they hit on their second round picks. Or they bring in guys that have that grit and grind mentality. Or you look at the Grizzlies, they get guys like Desmond Bain. Who um, you know are more developed guys that can come in and knock down threes or Dylan Brooks? Um, how do you feel about Tommy Shepard's tenure tenure so far in his first three years, and also the direction of the Washington Wizards?
0: Well, I, as I said on the on the podcast the other day for the Athletic, choosing Odia over Halliburton, if I'm not getting my my drafts all mixed up, it's possible uh, that's a in hindsight that's a mistake. Uh, the Wizards need shot creation they need uh, someone who could do what tyrese halliburton can do should be doing in the future so yes that was a miss his draft picks have largely been pretty good not great Uh, really his his tenure i think has been really defined by his trades and by any measure to move off of john wall with that terrible contract Coming off of injury for Russell Westbrook was a brilliant move to move off of Russell Westbrook's 40 plus million dollars left on his per year, left on his contract uh, and bring in uh, four rotation players. That was a a smart move. That was a smart move. Uh, And uh, now the problem of course with that is, is that Dinwiddie didn't work out. Uh, Harold, in the long run didn't work out. Aaron Holiday didn't work out. So I'm not saying that the, the the ledger is perfect, but so far the majority of his trades have been excellent. And that's no small feat. And I think given where they are now, that's probably the most likely avenue for them to improve through trades. And so far his tenure has been uh, successful
2: from the trade standpoint, right? Yeah, it, it looks like he's you know created some fires and he puts them out. You know the the Davy's Berton's contract and then he had to end up and trade that trade him. Spencer Dinwiddie really giving him that contract and they had he had to put out that fire where it didn't fit with Bradley Bill. Some locker room problems um, here with Marches Harold and he had to put that fire out and traded some guys and brought in Chris S. Porzingis. Um, so it's it's been up and down. Then making the playoffs last year definitely was. Um, A a very, you know, it was it was definitely unprecedented because they were they finished the season seventeen and six after getting Daniel Gafford, so they made a good run after that. Um, I did want to get to the point guard position. Um, I know you brought up some guys from Orlando since you covered the Orlando Magic before, um, but we do have a quick word from Bet Online. This episode is brought to you by Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of the major league baseball season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information from live betting to playoffs, eSports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Online where the game starts.
1: The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
2: All right, so the whole point guard position, uh, how do you see the Wizards attacking the point guard position? Do you could you see them using pick 10 in a trade package to bring in another point guard?
0: I could see that. I could see them uh, using the 10th pick plus a player to to bring in a an established, solid point guard. I could see them using the 10th pick on a point guard. And right now, Ty Ty Washington Jr. would be the most likely person at that spot. So uh, most likely, I see it. That issue being resolved in some sort of trade, whether uh, it's just a conventional trade or maybe a sign-and-trade, but um, the, you, you're, you hit on the issue exactly right. I think Ed is that that's their biggest positional hole, and they can't enter the year um, the way they finished the year. I think uh, not not with Sadaranski as the starter and Ish as second string guy. I think if you were to kind of move the dominoes, so Sadoransky were the the backup and ish were the third string guy, I think that wouldn't, that wouldn't be a bad way to go, but uh, most likely, I, I see it being filled through, through a trade of some kind. Mm -hmm. And
2: I saw you, you in an article before you mentioned some of the guys from Orlando, possibly Jalen Suggs, possibly Markel Fultz, who is from the DC area. Um, or possibly Cole Anthony. Um, who are some guys that you think the Wizards could possibly target at that
0: point of our position? Well I only brought Be up guys I only brought up the magic guys um, because I was asked about the magic guys. Oh, okay. I think David Aldridge was the who is a genius <laughs> was the person who who also brought them up in in another article. You know it makes sense if we're trying to connect the dots as to point guards whom uh, might be available? Well, Orlando has uh, three people who, when arguably you only need two. Uh, so could a Markel Fultz or a Jalen Suggs or a Cole Anthony be uh, had via trade? Yeah, maybe. Now, I don't think Cole Anthony is the fit for the Washington Wizards. Uh, Markel Fultz would be a much better offensive fit, given the dynamics at play there, but uh, defensively, Suggs would be a better fit. None of those three players are are perfect, and I I know them well. So, um, is Malcolm Brogdon a possibility? I would imagine he could be. So... Uh, if, I, if I knew, of course, exactly the direction they would go, I would have written it already, and uh, but these these are some of the possibilities that, that could occur, that could occur.
2: Right. And uh, what kind of point guard do you see would be the best fit in the next next to Bradleyville? We saw it with, with Spencer Dinwiddie it didn't work out. Uh, what kind of point guard do you feel would work best or what kind of point guard do you think Tommy Shepard should look for? I
0: think it's very difficult to draw definitive conclusions on the situation involving Spencer Dinwiddie. It's it's unclear to me why exactly he didn't mesh with the the team. I'm not suggesting that there was um, anything other than a bad on-court fit. In theory, it shouldn't have been that bad it, was it because Bradley Beal is a ball-dominant off-guard and Dinwiddie needs the ball in his hands? Well, <laughs> um, fair to argue. Uh, Wes Unseld has said he would prefer someone who's more of an organizer, someone who could stop the ball at the point of attack. Uh, I think his answer stems in part from the way Bradley Beal plays. Beal needs the ball in his hands quite a bit. so. You know, ideally you'd want the best possible play. I don't care what Wes Ansel Jr. said in terms of just wanting an organ an organizer. You'd want the best possible point guard you can get. Uh, and a ball dominant Russell Westbrook had success alongside Bradley Beal. And Bradley Beal had success alongside a ball dominant Russell Westbrook. They're going to just, whatever direction they go into, they're, they're going to have to have some dialogue before that direction is set where they can where they get a, a sense of how whomever is coming in would mesh with people. uh not personality wise but on the court so um, it's not an easy hole to fill I, I do agree with you in the sense that you know the Dinwiddie issue should give them some pause where they they're, they're going to have to figure out you know what exactly happened there uh, before they they set upon a path but Again, this is this is where they are. And not having a point guard in in a perimeter oriented league, it's a huge problem.
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, it just it didn't work out. A lot of things didn't work out with the chemistry there. Um, and it's just interesting to see him uh, have some good games with a different team, you know, so quickly. Um, but I guess just the role didn't work. He's more of a six man, a guy to come off the bench and he's more of a ball dominant guard. So um, I know they're looking for a pass first point guard now instead of just getting a, a combo guard score that's you know better off the bench. Um, but speaking of trades and some of our some of our young talent to bring in a point guard, um, who has impressed you most out of the young three between Rui Hachamira, Corey Kispert, and Denny Abdia? They none of them are fully formed. None of
0: the three are fully formed in the in the sense that None of them are really effective two-way players yet. Uh, Do they get there? I don't know. Um, In other words, each one of them has done at least one or two things on one end of the floor that really impressed me. Uh, You need more, or you need them in strictly defined roles alongside two or three really top-level players. So Rui is impressive to me because he can score. Uh, he's shot the three far beyond anybody's expect reasonable expectations this past season, but he doesn't pass well. And defensively, I would say he's been far more of a weakness than, than for the team than a strength. Uh, when physically, there's no reason why he can't be successful on the defensive end. Uh, Denny, uh, is a tough competitor defensively. Uh, He has a lot of potential kind of a he's got a layer to his offense as a passer, um, but he doesn't shoot well. He doesn't finish well. Uh, Corey Kispert started to shoot the three ball well. And I think everybody thinks that he will become a plus three point shooter eventually. Uh, And he's a great cutter, but one on one defensively, that's that's not his strong suit either. So. uh, different things with different guys impress me but i can't say that any one of the three projects definitely as a top level two-way player and again and i keep going back to this and i'm sorry that i'm repetitive this is one of the issues of of picking somewhere in the middle of the draft or worse (laughs) um there it's going to be very tough it's going to be tougher to find someone who checks all the boxes and the one area where I disagree with a lot of Wizards fans is, is the belief that they haven't developed these young guys well. Many of the, in each of the three cases, each one of those guys made improvements over the past year. The question is just how many more boxes will they check? Which of course, that's the issue. And that's why this off season for them and the, and the subsequent offseason, that's so important.
2: Right. Um, And how do you see their their trade value? Um, I know that's hard to gauge, but um, like a a a trade package with, you know, maybe Kuzma or Denny and Rui uh, for Malcolm Brogdon or Denny and Rui or or Rui in the 10th pick for somebody like a Markel Fultz or KCP. Um, Out of the three guys, who do you think would bring back the best trade value?
0: good question tough question probably denny because he's the youngest Mm -hmm. i don't envision the wizards trading both denny and Rui in the same deal Mm -hmm. i just don't because they play essentially the same position um and as for kcp uh he's arguably their most consistent guy on both ends uh so where where could they go I, i think the young play and i'm not Kispert, Bruy, Denny, they would be most likely to be uh, draw interest from teams that are trying to rebuild or trying to, to grow and add young people uh, to whatever nucleus they have. So I think that they would be more toward a, a team such as, not necessarily Indiana, but a team such as in Indiana. I think that's more the direction where they would wind up. Right. Most likely for
2: bringing in somebody like a Malcolm Brogdon. Um, and then lastly, if how, how are you feeling about Bradley Bill and his contract situation? Uh, which which direction? I know this is probably an easy question for the Wizards. Which, which direction do you think the Wizards are going in with Bradley Bill? And then also, if you had to make the decision on Bradley Bill, do you think it's wise for the Wizards to um, give him the quarter of a billion dollar contract extension that he that he's eligible for? Or would you look to move on and, and and do a sign and trade and start a um, new chapter for the Washington Wizards?
0: So that's it's that's not the easiest question of all. It's the most <laughs> difficult question you uh, anyone could ask right now, because um, as an expert recently told me when I asked this exact question was you know what is the alternative? So I think the first part of your question, the answer is it appears that the two sides are moving toward a five-year deal. It appears that way. At this stage, there's been no indications that they're not. Uh, As a matter of fact, uh, Tommy Shepard has said outright, and Bradley Beal has hinted outright that that's the likely scenario. Uh, If the the problem, of course, is, is paying any player $45 45 million, an average of 45 million dollars over the course of five years. It's going to constrict the ability to bring people who can help him aboard. Uh, so uh, I'd be reluctant to do that if I were the Wizards. And if you're going to move off Bradley Beal, well, now it has to be done in a sign and trade. He's got he would have to go to a place he'd want to go, which would probably limit whom the Wizards could bring back. The one thing I think, so they're in a tough spot. They're in a tough spot. If the, if they bring back Bradley Beal, it's going to be hard to construct a team around him because of the amount of money his salary would take relative to the rest of the cap. True. But if they move off him and start a full-fledged rebuild, which I don't think they have any interest in doing, uh, you know, given the way that draft lottery odds have been flattened out, that rebuild could take years. I'm not sh- yes, Wizards fans have suffered a long time. I get it. I grew up a Wizards fan, a Bullets fan. I grew up a Bullets fan. I know what it's <laughs> like. I understand how they feel, uh, but just because a team starts a rebuild doesn't mean that that comes to fruition in a way fans can tolerate. Uh, it's as David Aldridge, as I said, the genius, said in something that he and I collaborated on, if the Wizards had wanted to trade Bradley Beal, the best time to have done so was two years ago. And uh, right now, in in many respects, the organization is in a corner. Finds itself backed into a a corner.
2: Right, it's a tough, it's uh, it's definitely a dilemma. I mean, you look at the Thunder, they've been rebuilding for the past two or three years. They have about 100 first round picks. Um, you look at Orlando, they're, re- they're rebuilding as well. Or you look at, like, a team with, like, the Kings. They haven't made the playoffs in years. Um, even the, the Sixers, who trusted the process, they tanked and got so many picks, and they still haven't even made it past the second round with all the talent that they have. So it is, it, is, it is interesting. And the Wizards haven't gotten past the second round since 1979 either. So it, it definitely is a tough spot there. Um, but I just want to ask you, um, before we wrap up, if you had a uh, – Somewhat bold prediction for the Wizards this all season. And also if everything breaks right, Porzingis stays healthy and plays at a high level. Bradley Bill returns to the form that he was at a all as an all NBA player. And they do find a mid-level point guard that they can bring in via trade, such as a Brogdon or a Tyus Jones. Uh, what is the Wizards ceiling next season?
0: No, I'm not sure Tyus Jones is a starting caliber point guard. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that the Grizzlies had a lot of success with Morant out of the lineup. I, I fully acknowledge that, um, but if everything breaks right, yeah, I think their ceiling could be, again, if everything breaks right, yes, I think their ceiling could be a sixth spot in the East, yes. Of course, what are the chances everything will break right? Great question.
2: <laughs> All right, did you have a um, bold prediction for the Wizards this whole season?
0: I think uh, it's along the lines of what I said earlier that the point guard spot will be probably filled through some sort of trade, which leaves a lot of options, I know, but th- that's, that's my guess. And, it, and I'll give you a bonus prediction. If they fill it through the draft, it would probably entail them trading down. Oh, wow. Oh, wow.
2: Yeah, I, I could see that too. I know the, the Grizzlies have two first-round picks, possibly them. Uh, maybe the Spurs. So there's a lot of options they could go with. Um, but I just I want to thank you for coming on. A lot of people for listening. Thank you guys for making Locked On Wizards your first listen every day. Now make your second listen, Locked On NBA, from the first jump ball of the playing tournament to the last possession of the NBA Finals. Locked On experts take you deep inside the playoffs with insight and analysis affecting all 30 teams. And uh, Josh, I just want to thank you for coming on. Is there anything that you want to promote or any future articles coming up?
0: Well, there are future articles coming up. <laughs> which I super secret, right? Uh, no, uh, no, thank you, Ed, for having me. And uh, most also thank you to everybody here in Washington and everyone uh, around the world who are Wizards fans who've welcomed me and, uh, so kindly over the last few months and then ha- are reading my copy. It, it's it's uh, such a privilege to be here. And uh, you know how to reach out to me, jrobbins at theathletic.com or DMs on Twitter. And... You know, thank you all for being a part of the athletic family it's it's, uh, it's been it's been great I'm happy to be here
2: yeah thank you once again and everybody thank you for listening have a good one Health to the wizards peace
1: hey prime members you can listen to this locked on podcast ad free on Amazon music download the Amazon music app today